Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Welcome back to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Uh, We're so grateful that you joined us again. Thank you for coming back and listening again. Uh, And thank you for sharing to all the people that have uh, shared this podcast. It means the world to us that you guys would uh, be so generous to trust us and share this with your friends. And uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on Instagram. That's great. Uh, Either on Intentional's uh, platform or Elizabeth and I are filling Dan. We always would love to connect with you. And if you would just also think about leaving a comment or even subscribing and sharing it, that always just helps us with this thing uh, called the internet and algorithms to help get the word out. But we just wanted to say thank you. And Elizabeth and I uh, today just wanted to have an honest conversation, didn't we, honey? Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to basically kind of share with you where we are at as a couple and as parents and just to have an honest conversation around something that we have been slowly over the years discovering. And I think, honey, you might even be better at setting this up than than I will. So maybe you should uh, take a little bit of this, the, the talking point here. Yeah, well, we've just been chatting. I mean, I think this has come up a lot over the years, over the 11 years we've been parents so far, of just so often what we're doing on a daily basis Every single day of feeding (laughs) children, clothing children, changing diapers, correcting children, putting out fires between siblings, and how it can so often feel monotonous, and we can so easily forget the purpose behind why we're doing it, lose the joy in it, Mm -hmm. go through the motions, and just we talk a lot about just perspective and how it can change everything we're doing, even if nothing we're doing actually changes. And I know I need as a mom, just like a constant reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing and the value that it has in it. Because when we're in it and when we're just facing another day of doing the same thing, we can't always see the value and we can't always see the fruit until years later. Yeah. And you know, you run into to parents who their kids are grown or they're in high yeah. school or, you know, they now have grandkids. And what do they always say? Enjoy it while you have it <laughs> because they grow up so fast. I know. And- it feels, but, but it doesn't feel like it could be fast enough right now. Right now you're like, <laughs> please, if this could speed up a little bit. But no, to, to your point, I think there's, we've been in that space for a while. Yeah. And I know many listening are in that space and there's just a certain amount of, uh, monotony. Uh, one one writer uh, calls it the untheatrical regularity of the uneventful. The idea <laughs> <So> that <good. laughs> life can, in this season of time, can be untheatrical, incredibly regular, and and uneventful. I know for me, I know you do a little bit better with um, structure and routine, and and I need everybody needs structure and routine. Everybody to be mentally healthy, you need 
routine and structure. But that said, too much structure for me is mm-hmm. oppressive and I can't do it. Yeah, I cannot do yeah. it. So I feel like this particularly for me is really uh, an interesting time. But we, we came across a book and we've been so thankful for it. It's called Domestic Monastery by Ronald Rollheiser. Just an incredible little read. It's uh, real short. If you're not a yeah. reader, you can get through it in a day or two. Yeah, it's not bad. And so, so easy to read in just a few pages in each chapter. But there's a quote in there. We're going to quote that through a couple things throughout this podcast. But to be really uh, clear, this is something that uh, we're still learning. We're still in the process of figuring out. We don't have this all figured out. So as you're in the process of this, just understand that this is a long process. Yeah, we realized the other day that we have had a baby or a toddler for 11 years straight. Because oh, <laughs> we have four kids and they're spread out. So we have an 11-year-old, 8-year-old, 4-year-old, and 2-year-old. And But pretty for... much somebody's been a baby or a toddler. Now we have kind of two toddlers. But for 11 years. So yes. that, um, that I... what what's the quote again? The, the untheatrical regularity of the uneventful. Yeah, we're well acquainted with it. We're wi- yeah, I still get the text. I got one today on my way home. Can you pick up two packs of diapers? <laughs> and I was just like, one of these days soon. We're going to be done with soon. this. The youngest is two. It's coming. It's coming. But one of the quotes that was really, I know, stuck out for me um, and stuck out for us, but just has been really helpful and also a little bit just honest conversation is this Ronald Rollheiser says uh, to be a father or a mother is to let your dreams and agenda be forever altered Hmm. (laughs) so -hmm. let that sink in for a second because that's really true I mean we experience that I think as parents we experience that on a regular basis and you know really the power of your perspective of the moment you're really in is important not the moment you feel that you're in yeah. but having the right perspective of the moment that you're really in is important because we feel like we're, this is never going to end it's easy to feel like wow i'm not making any progress but that's not always the truth. The truth isn't yeah. that we are not making progress. The truth is there's a lot of things happening that we don't always see. Yeah, I I remember back when Duke, our oldest, was a toddler. And the toddler years hit him real hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. He was the kind of toddler who if you said no, that meant he absolutely had to do it. That yeah. was just his natural bent. And I remember calling my mom on a very regular basis and saying, Mom, this is not working. Yeah. I've got all these systems of discipline. I'm I'm trying to be really consistent. I've slowed down my life. We're staying home. But this is not working. Mm-hmm. And she just kept encouraging me, encouraging me to press on and to keep doing it and that it really was building fruit and character and it really was going to work. And I just remember, I think it was about four and a half and he turned a big corner and then as he got older I just remember thinking man if I could have seen that we were going to get through that and the young man the boy that he was going to become and now a young man that he's turning into if I could have seen that when he was one year old 18 months two years old three years old where I thought I was going to lose my mind I'm sure he thought he was going to as well Mm -hmm. if I could have seen that it would have given me so much hope and so much perspective to persevere, to keep going, that this wasn't going to last forever. And that was eye-opening to me. I mean, we have so much, so many more years of parenting to do and so many stages that we haven't hit yet. 
But I feel like that started to build into me perspective of, man, if I can just look hopefully to the future for what I want to be pouring into our kids and what we want them to become someday, well, that completely informs and changes how I go about, even from a mental standpoint, uh, yeah, how the toddler years, is, yeah. the baby years, the five-year-olds, the eight-year-olds, it yes. changes everything. Yes, it changes everything. I think what you're saying is really important is that if we have an awareness or a perspective, like you know, you and I right now are talking about Elizabeth, mm-hmm. if we have perspective of how important these monotonous moments are and really what's actually going on, I think we would actually not only find a lot of freedom, but mm-hmm. a lot of hope, a lot of joy, and and really understand the importance of this enormous value. It reminds me of uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 37. You remember that it's that part where um, Jesus says, whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not only me, but the one who sent me. Mm-hmm. And it made me, I was reading that and I realized something. We can parent our kids, be present to our kids, want to raise passionate Jesus followers, all that stuff. And the monotony can get to us sometimes. And we can often, I know that I'll speak from my own weakness. I can often not welcome my kids in. Oh, yeah. I can be more annoyed, more frustrated, like you're needing something from me again. And that quote that Ronald Rollheiser so brilliantly said, my agenda keeps getting altered because of your needs (laughs) and you need this again. I'm just trying to have like one conversation with your mom. Please just let me have one conversation <laughs> and like have a train of thought and i remember i can't was it your mom that said she we were chatting the other day and we went on a date and i think she was watching the kids or something and she said oh my goodness what a treat you're gonna have a conversation without being interrupted and i was like i i didn't realize how often i'm interrupted till you said that but that's absolutely true oh, yeah. like it's like this luxury to not be interrupted mm-hmm. uh, but that said i i recognize something in my own heart that it's easy in times to not welcome your kids in. But when we welcome our kids in from that verse, we're also welcoming in the Father and we're also welcoming in the Spirit and we're welcoming in something that's way bigger than just raising kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my perspective, do you have anything to add to that, honey? Well, it just makes me think of, you know, in the scriptures, the two like pictures that God gives us over and over again of our relationship with the Lord is is father, like a parent relationship. He's our heavenly father mm-hmm. and the bride and the bridegroom. Like those are the two pictures, marriage and family parenting are the pictures he gives us. And we're the family of God. Like there's all these word pictures and those are the, the two that are talked about over and over again. And I just think of, you know, we represent our heavenly father mm-hmm. to our kids. Like we are, showing our kids what he is like. Mm -hmm. And so that welcoming in when we put aside the annoyances, even though, I mean, those are normal. Like I'm not saying pretend it's not frustrating that it's 6 a.m. and they want to play. Um, Obviously that's frustrating. That's okay that that's frustrating. But when we choose to say, you know what, I'm going to welcome them in at this moment and I'm going to view this as an opportunity to show them love and compassion and grace and care, we're showing Jesus to them. Mm -hmm. And I know it Mm -hmm. doesn't always feel like it, like just cuddling with them on the couch at a time you don't want to or making them another meal when (laughs) the kitchen's a mess again, like all those monotonous things. Mm -hmm. Those are ways of us showing them what God is like because that's what God does for us. He's constantly cleaning up our messes, Mm -hmm. providing for us, comforting us, loving Mm -hmm. us. At whenever we need it, not just when it fits into the schedule or is convenient. And yeah. so 
I think just remembering that picture and that we are that to our kids Mm -hmm. in the smallest of moments that don't look big or pretty or spiritual or anybody else sees are just a chance to show them what Jesus is like. So well said. Uh, Jordan Peterson, he threw out this idea that I've been processing uh, and it's it's actually been really interesting. But before I even give that idea, I think it's really important that we do things with the perception of their enormous value. Yeah. And if we, like I said earlier, if we can perceive how big of a deal this is, what we're doing in day in and day out and, and the impact it can really have, yeah. I think it changes our motivation big time. It changes that monotonous task to something really precious and sacred, which we'll get into in a little bit. But he, he used this idea and, and it's based on math. So it breaks down for me because I'm not uh, I'm better with words than numbers. But it's all right. You can cast the vision. <laughs> I'll cast the vision. People can and get then, the idea. And then people. Yeah, you'll embrace it. And if you're I had someone, to have him read it twice. So, <laughs> yeah, but he threw out this idea that each person in your lifetime might know about a thousand people and and each of those people know about a thousand people which puts you one person away from a million people and two persons away from a billion people. And he was beginning to explain that this is exacerbated by social media. So when you think about raising your one, let's just do one uh, daughter, you're thinking about raising your daughter right now. And you're thinking, well, how important it is is it that I pour into her and, and, and of course, give her all that I can and teach her to love Jesus and love other people and be a really thoughtful, intelligent human and launch them in the world well? Well, when you actually use this idea, it really, really matters. It matters. Mm-hmm. That one person reaches a thousand people and, and they're affected. Those They're affected by your daughter's uh, love for Jesus or her the way she cares and loves and is thoughtful towards other people. And that reaches another thousand. And then all of a sudden it's a million. And then that's two people away from a billion. And it was a great reminder to me that what we're doing has this exponential snowball effect that is really just in some ways incalculable. And it was a reminder that these little moments, micro moments, especially really actually matter and they help people. So shaping the character of your child actually really does matter. And I love that. That idea for me personally, uh, I can tend to think in in big abstract ideas and uh, grander visions. And that just gets me so excited. But I want to yeah. know for you, I know that you work in vision too as well, honey, but like I know for you, you get down to the nuts and bolts. That's yeah, where we're I a good like... team. I'm up usually here and you're like, <laughs> come back down to reality. So how does that hit you? Well, I'm not a futuristic thinker. I am like a present moment type of person which has its pros and its cons but like what I what I think of when I hear you say that is um you know like that I think it's a term they use a lot in business of like start with the end in mind yeah yep and I think what we're talking about is always remembering what the end goal hope prayer um is is that is that we would launch out into the world kids who love Jesus passionately and know yeah. him, have their own relationship with yep. him, not just read their Bible, go to church, are a nice human, but mm-hmm. actually have a deep, honest, active relationship with Jesus because then that informs their character and how they act and how they love people and what how they serve their community and how they work in their jobs. It affects everything they do, which affects everyone they come into contact yeah. with. 
And obviously, there are no guarantees. You can be an amazing parent. None of us are perfect parents. You can be an amazing parent. And at the end of the day, our kids have to choose if they're going to follow Jesus and how they're going to live and the deep character work they want to do or don't want to do after they leave our home. Like, we're not in control of all that. Mm -hmm. But there's so many things that we can do their entire life that they're in our home that can be just sowing into producing that fruit and that like end goal. And so I think like it's it's especially important when we're in the weeds, when we're in the everyday, when we're in the quarantine and everybody's a homeschooler right now (laughs) to like be keeping in mind that we have an end goal. And, you know, one thing I have not done this yet and I totally want to start doing it. But and it's a lot of like um, homeschoolers do this and not just homeschoolers, but there's a lot of moms I know who practice this. But I think it's brilliant. It's called reverse planning. Yeah. And it's basically where instead of making a to do list or and especially I've heard of people who are not type A like me who don't love routine and order and that's hard for them to stick to do this. But instead of making a plan or to do list or an exact plan of what you're going to do through the week. At the end of the day, you write down in a journal, in your planner, whatever, everything that you did that day Mm -hmm. with your kids, in your home, in your school, because right now we're all homeschooling, um, all the things that you did, any learning things you did, if you baked, if you, whatever it is, so that you can see as a mom or as a dad, like you can look at the end of the day and say, okay, look, I actually did do something of value. Versus not just a to-do list, but like, here's what we did together today. And again, I have not done this, but I'm totally going to start because I tend to be the opposite. I wrote my to-do list. I didn't get to everything. I'm frustrated because somebody had a meltdown and I couldn't finish that thing. Hmm. But I just think that's brilliant and could really even help with that perspective when we're in it to be able to see I'm in it right now, but I'm also getting somewhere right now, even though today might not have felt like I did. Yeah. Can I tell you what I think I hear you saying? Please do. And if, I, if I'm wrong, you can tell me. Uh, but I, it's, I almost hear you saying that the monotony and the dailiness of all of this is not only changing your kids in a positive way, but it's changing you. Oh, 100%. And yes. I think that's the two things that may, let's hone in on that for a second. So it's yeah. changing your kids. And I think one of the things uh, personally, I know for me, I, I do operate best out of having like the end in mind, like you're saying, vision's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while ago, we made up um, something called, I, I just entitled, it was a document because I just was like, I got to get this out because there was something being born in me that was like, I want to have at least an idea of what the end is. And, and mm-hmm. we, and we, so we started talking about this, thinking this through, and we just put, I put at the top of the document, a vision for my kids, really brilliant. No <laughs> one's ever thought of this title before. And it was just simply like things that were really important to us. And I think what we're going to try to do after, out of this is we're going to make a little um, questionnaire for you to fill out your own vision for your kids, like basically mm-hmm. for your family to sit down and go, Hey, let's, let's kind of have our own family values, but I'll um, just to give you like a little window is it okay if I share some of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, to give a little window of like some of the vision for our kids, I have the the document here. But it was it, it's not crazy. It's stuff that I think in some ways is assumed, 
But having that vision or starting with the end in mind was actually really helpful because it changes what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. So some of the stuff on our list is like kids that love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, that they would be leaders in this generation and that their kids would be leaders. That's Mm -hmm. important to us that we'd help them know how to do that, Uh, that we'd have multi-generational kingdom leaders missionaries, cultural leaders, leaders in the arts, even political leaders. Man, what a time to be raising like incredibly uh, wise children full of integrity, honesty, good character, Uh, kids that have unreasonable generosity. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a really hard one to teach. Uh, (laughs) Which means we have to grow in it first. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, hard to teach, meaning you you really have to model it. It's an all-in thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, our last name is Moser. So having a Moser family culture. So we want to have our own jokes and our own foods and our own activities. And we want a door to open when they leave. They We want them to feel like, wow, I, I left a culture and I'm going into the world, but I'm prepared for it. So these are some things, but there's even other little things on the on the list that are uh, really important to us. Like we want them to be good readers and we want them to be generous with time and money and attention. We want them to be culturally aware and integrated. And so that means we're going to start thinking through like how are we actually inviting them into different conversations, friendships, where, what mm-hmm. school, when school is actually in session, are they going to go to, where are we going to live to make that happen? And so I think that's really uh, important and that made me think that. So it's not only affecting us or our, sorry, it's not only affecting our kids, we're starting with the end in mind, but it's affecting us. This monotony positively can be affecting us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's growing and shaping us. And I know, again, we read some of uh, a quote from this this great book. But honey, why don't you share a little bit on that? I know you have a couple of thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole book's amazing. But I think my favorite part and the thing that stuck out to me most in this like time in our lives and season of um, parenting that we're in is um, he talks about this um, monk who lived, so his name was uh, Carlo Caretto, and he lived um, for like a dozen years as a hermit in the desert, just like spending time <laughs> alone with God, praying. Okay, so that's that just all appealing mind-blowing. I know you're introverted, but that much, is that much appealing to you? No, that's too much. That's too much. I mean, that I love like my alone much. time, but not that much. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just was making sure because I, um, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if one day you're like, listen, I just need about a 12-year break. It's not you. I no. just need, it's not even a break from our relationship. 12 days sounds real good right about now. <laughs> or 12 minutes. That's maybe a little more yeah. doable. Um, but so this monk wrote about his experience and how he had this revelation when he was out in the desert by himself that his mother who had spent 30 years raising children and taking care of a home and devoting Mm -hmm. her life to that was more um, like contemplative than he was. And, um, and, and he could see more of the spirit of God in her than he even was in the life that he had. Mm -hmm. And then um, Rollheiser goes on to explain um, about monasteries and how that most monasteries have something called a monastic bell. Yep. And the point is that it rings all multiple times throughout the day and all yeah. of the monks and whoever is there visiting for silence and solitude, they stop whatever it is they're doing and like hard stop. Like if they're in the middle mm-hmm. of writing a letter, whatever, they stop anything they're doing and they go pray. And the point is to be able to at any moment draw our attention to the Lord. 
And oh, one of the observation though from that is that it was also to remind them, and I know I, oh, because yeah. I think this is important that their time is not their own, yes. and that they could be in the middle of the deepest prayer moment, the third heaven, and whatever. Like the idea was, it doesn't matter what you are, your time is not your own. So the bell would, whatever that time was, whenever that bell rang, everything mm-hmm. stopped. And I feel like, man, can we make some real uh, connections with parents? <laughs> parenting the bell rings. So anyway, I didn't want to throw you off, but I thought that was important. Time is not our own. So, but then it just goes on to say that like that is raising children. We have a constant monastic bell Hmm. and meaning every time our kids fight and we need to stop what we're doing and intervene, every time they're disrespectful and we need to correct them, every time they ask for a snack, every time they spill the snack and we have to clean it up, we have a constant living bells ringing in our home, yeah. which are a chance to break us from our own selfishness, yeah. the things that we wish we were doing, our own frustrations and attitudes to mm-hmm. kind of snap us out of that and meet the needs of somebody else. And really, even if we can go further, take a minute and pray in that moment, like uh, yep. use those as a reminder too. And even if it's just, Lord, help me, please, right now, not explode at my children. It's constantly bringing us mm. to the reminder that we need help, that we need yeah. the Spirit of God, that we need um, to not live in our own frustration yes. and flesh and yes. reactivity. Yeah, I just the, thought that was such a the, good picture. Oh, I I agree. And, you know, there's a, such a dailiness that happens with, with I mean, raising kids and, and life when you get a little bit older. Um and I think it's interesting because the dailiness of our lives, especially with children, are these portals of possibility for life mm-hmm. and, and, and really changing the world. And your kids are portals of possibility, our kids. Um, and this is a portal of possibility for us to become the types of people that Jesus really wants us to be, the kind of people in the world that are a non-anxious presence who are loving so well that it's shocking being so peaceful and and engaging over the internet with actual courtesy of other human beings that that other Mm -hmm. person's a soul on the other end like having that awareness it's just this portal of possibility I, I, i love that reminder to me personally i've just been thinking that through of how much there's uh beautiful possibilities in that yeah i think that's so good and i you know just even looking back to you know i think a lot of parenting is um, such a mix of the most joyful moments, the most fulfilling moments, mm. um, where you have days or moments when it feels like, wow, my life really matters. This is really important. And it's also filled with some of the hardest moments mm-hmm. and the most stretching and frustrating and insecure and confusing moments it's both it's both joy and sorrow in the same breath you know I think there's so much beauty in that but when I look back to the times that have been really hard those are the times that have not just shaped me but they have stretched me and grown my capacity that has prepared me for the next season that's been hard or you know and I get asked all the time from moms who have one or two kids you know, they're think maybe thinking about having more or so one of two things. They're either thinking about having more, but they're feeling like, how could I possibly have more? I can barely do what I have. Or they feel like they're drowning with the one or two they have and they see somebody else like me or somebody else who has a bigger family or has more. And they think, gosh, you must have more capacity or how do you do that? 
And my answer every time is you don't have the capacity when you set out to have one or two or three or four or when you add another one. Yeah. But God grows the capacity in you as you have the child and the child grows and you don't we have no guarantees as what those dynamics are going to look like. We could Absolutely. have never foreseen having a special needs daughter. Like that's yeah. not something I ever could have um, prepared my capacity for, no, no. but I've gotten to grow with her in that yeah. and still growing. And I feel like this season, and I, I know I'm not alone in, you know, we took on homeschool a year ago, but this is our second year. But for so many of you, this is your first year. Oh. This is not something you ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Many of you are working full time and having to try to navigate this and feel like you're doing a terrible job. And I guarantee you that you're not. But I would also guarantee you that this is going to be a season that you look back on and you remember it being incredibly hard, but you then realize that it grew you in a way that nothing else ever could. And the capacity you have now, the grace you have now, everything you've learned, the strength you have now really could not have been built in any other way. Yeah. And just as we were just talking and, um, just thinking about talking about this simply because this is something we're experiencing in our own life. Yeah. I just thought of the life of Jesus and how, you know, we know all about Jesus's life from age 30 to 33. Those were his years of ministry. We know very little about his zero to 30. (laughs) Little bits, but there's not much there. Yeah. And I just can't help but think, that those years, zero to 30, were probably monotonous in a lot of ways. Yeah, they weren't filled with with public miracles. Yeah, They weren't filled with crowds of 5,000 following him, wanting to hear what he had to say. Yeah, obscurity. He was yeah. in obscurity. But yet, obviously, he was doing deep, formative character work. Yeah. And... That gives me a lot of hope, even though I'm 35. But, (laughs) you know, knowing that like the years that don't, that aren't always seen, that don't feel um, highly productive, that don't always feel um, powerful or fruitful Mm -hmm. or visible, um, are often like the deepest Mm -hmm. things that I could be doing. And I think we're going to look back and be able to see fruit that was produced yeah. there. Uh, Rojas just says in the book, I, I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't remember the exact spot that it was, but he basically said between being a monk and being a, a parent and being married and having a family, that being a parent, being married, entering into that process has just as much, if not more natural progression into spiritual formation as being a monk does, which I, yeah. I know for me, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't have uh, the monk status to to just, <laughs> hey, honey, I hope you're doing okay. I'm going to take a year and just kind of pray, and I hope uh, this all works out okay in the end. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Okay, I have to read this because I, yeah. I have the book right here. Um, okay, so he says, parenting in the end is the most natural path to holiness and maturity. Just let that sink in. Yeah, that's what I was, I think that's what Mm -hmm. I was referring to. Yes. What often feels like a compulsory commitment and takes us where we would rather, where we would often rather not go. And then he goes on to say, this is because among all loves, parental love is perhaps the one that most pulls your heart out of its self-love. 
Parenting、mm. reshapes the core of your being to help you to love more like God loves. Yes, that is、it. basically what we just said. Said way better and way shorter. <laughs> so, so we'll so put、good. this. We'll link this in the show notes. But three、yeah. things to take with you today that we are learning, not that we have mastered, not、no. that we have figured out, but we just want to invite you in the journey of learning with us because、uh, really we all need help to just figure this out together. And so,、uh, our hope would be to help you in this journey called life. So, the first thing, the first thing to take away with you today, I know we're learning. Start with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, have some vision for your family. Write up what your family's culture is. What are the the things that really make your family you? You know, I think of my dad right now. He's one of the most generous people I know. I I've learned anything that I know about generosity from my dad.、Yeah. He's just one of the most generous people. And, and my brother too. My brother's the same way because he got it from my dad. And just before we did this podcast, my my brother noticed he was over here the other day, and he noticed that Birdie had some of、uh, these PJs that that he bought her for Christmas, and she loved. And she had like totally had to like get rid of them because she、uh, grew out of them. And And all of a sudden today, I just open a package on the front door, and it's a new pair of、yeah. of the PJs, the same ones in the next size. You know, things like that are just so thoughtful. So, you know, generosity. What does that look like? The second thing is recognize. Well, hold on, I'm gonna stop you.、Oh, good. Really, what we're ta- this is what intentional. This whole thing we're doing is all about. Like that's it's living and thinking intentionally about raising our kids, which is sounds great. But is really hard to do when you're right in the weeds and in it. Absolutely, it can、yes. be hard to think intentionally and、mm-hmm. think much more reactively than proactively. And so it's just taking a minute to say, "Oh yeah, okay, today I need a reminder of why I'm doing this. What、yeah. is the end goal?"、Yeah. And of course, we love our kids, and and that's that's reason enough. But if we can come up further and say it's because I want them to love Jesus passionately,、yes. yep. and I want to launch them into the world. To be successful human beings,、yeah. and I want to give them any tool that I know how, and trust God for the rest. That's really important. It's really important. And sorry for cutting you off. I、no. I can't believe I didn't include、uh, your opinion <laughs> on that. I, I apologize. I'm just moving way too fast over here.、Um, the second thing we'd love for you to just take away and invite you in the journey of is recognizing the enormous value of raising passionate Jesus followers. Yeah. Recognize. That it will change your family. It will change the sphere of those who your family touches, and beyond in a deep yeah. way. Yeah. And、so、lastly,、good. anything on that? I don't want to cut you off. No. Okay. And lastly, raising children is a fantastic means of spiritual formation. Yes. <laughs> I think that's if you can press into it and be aware of it. I think Jesus has. A beautiful gift for you in there, and we know he does. And I was thinking, uh, I was reading the other day in another book about how pray. You know, often we think, how do we even set aside time in prayer? I talked to a lot of people who are busy with life, relationships, raising kids, business, all the different stresses of our time. Everyone's chronically busy. We know that there's a chronic busyness, and they think, how do I even have time to pray in the day? And And you know the idea. The, the writer was basically saying and, and describing. You know, you need to show up every day. You need to show up. You need to be present, and you need to just sit. You know, even if that's five minutes, just be present. Invite Jesus to keep company with you, and each day will just be radically different for you, for your family. So join us in this journey. Do you have something you want to share before we close, honey? You know, I just I just keep thinking of. I think it's scripture in James that talks about just patient endurance. Yeah, 
Um, I'm trying to find it now. I'm not a walking Bible encyclopedia like my father. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just um, faithful endurance, I think, yeah. is is what is needed, even in our cultural moment that is filled with explosive reactivity and all of us having to constantly pivot and re-pivot and make plans and cancel plans and make them again. And that's hard on all of us. It's hard on our kids. It's hard on our homes. And I just I just feel like what God is asking so many of us right now is faithful endurance. Yes. And if we can remain faithful and present with the ups and downs that are happening all around us right now, and we are not going to get this 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And there is no guilt if you have a day where you are losing it all over the place or a week or a month. I think it was, I don't know, a few weeks ago you came home and you said, I'm just mad. I hate everything about COVID and everything that's happening in the world right now. (laughs) And I just need to feel mad. My anger uh, against COVID (laughs) took a couple months. It was a delayed reaction, but Uh man, was it there. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that's normal. We're going to have that. Yeah. But I just think, man, if we could be just a faithful enduring presence Mm -hmm. of God's love in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. It might not feel like it's enough. It might not feel like it's visible enough or entering the debates enough or Mm. all of those things, but just a reminder that it is enough. Yeah. And that is what Jesus was all about. He was a faithful, enduring presence. Yes. Well said. Wherever this finds you, we hope you are blessed by it. Start with the end in mind. Recognize the enormous value of raising passionate Jesus followers. And remember that raising children is a fantastic means of spiritual formation. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit, and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org slash give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope help in healing for families.